The Adam Crowley Show. Oh, no, 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 no. On ESPN Pittsburgh and the iHeartRadio app. The Penguins hashtag is three leave. That is stupid. <laughs> the Flyers hashtag is even dumber. If you could get any dumber. Oh my god. It's hashtag earn tomorrow. It's as dumb a hashtag as you could come up with. Earn tomorrow? Shiz. I just have to go to sleep and tomorrow I'll show up. <laughs> oh, that's a great joke, man. <laughs> you come up with the funniest stuff. May or may not be Tom's joke. I also tweeted it. I also hope I wake up tomorrow. Our father who... Never mind. 412-922-2874 is the number if you want to pile on Philly. Because we're doing a lot of that today. I get made fun of sometimes by my media brethren when I go to Steelers OTAs and minicamp. They say, Crowley, you're such a Penguins homer. No, I'm not. I've only had this show for the last two years when the Penguins have not lost a playoff series. What the hell am I supposed to say that's negative? What the hell am I supposed to say to knock the team? And I'm pragmatic and realistic. So when the Penguins are down in a series, I don't set the station on fire and scream out to the parkway saying, Fire Sullivan! I wait to see what happens. Whatever criticism I might throw towards whatever team, will be thrown after the series is over. Because guess what? If the Penguins do enough to win the series, then they've done enough to win the series. That's what matters. Two years ago, people were screaming and yelling when the Penguins fell behind three games to two to the Tampa Bay Lightning in the Eastern Conference Final. DeCourcy from the Sporting News wrote a column saying, Sidney Crosby's leadership sucks. They won the series! And he wound up looking like a dumb jackass. And Mike's a good dude, but he looked bad. I'm going to wait until end of the series before I freak out. Yeah, you got to earn tomorrow. Yes. Wait, no. Wait. I I do not three-leave in that hashtag. You don't three-leave in that? I do not. Sorry, you can three-leave in whatever you want to, man. What is a worse hashtag, though? (laughs) I'll put it up to the public. Three-leave or earn tomorrow. Anything with leave on the back of it kind of seems a little played out to me. It's just thrown around a lot. Earn tomorrow. Oh, can you imagine them? They're all sitting in a room, sitting there. Hey, guys, all right, we need your hashtag ideas. They're like, uh, Philly Strong? No. Oh, uh, no. Um, uh, how about earn tomorrow? Yeah, earn tomorrow. Earn tomorrow's great. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one, man. How about hashtag Rocky? No, we used that last year. Earn tomorrow is also... My old college roommate's phrase of choice. Oh, no. Being that he would never make any money, so his goal was to earn tomorrow. <laughs> I, th- I think, like, this is something Ray Lewis throws out, like, every other word, you know? Earn tomorrow. No yesterday. Maybe today. Tomorrow. We have got to ascend to the 34th floor. <laughs> nope. Nope. We've got to nope, take the stairs. Nope, nope. We're not doing Ray Lewis. Oh, We're nope, taking the nope, stairs nope, to nowhere. Nope. 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 Does Ray even know hockey? Send Ray over to play. I could do Giroux. <laughs> I just can't speak French. Are <laughs> uh, we going to earn tomorrow? Uh, we got to earn tomorrow. That's French. <laughs> That's yeah. your French. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> we and me, 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 woo, poo, poo. Very good French. I agree. Very, very that was excellent. French. Yeah. Oui, oui. Yeah, that was fabulous. Yeah, that was great. Let me hear some more, please. More French? Yeah. So good. I, I could do Radko Gudis. Yeah. Uh-huh. The Flyers going to win. We are going to earn tomorrow. Your dialect is perfect. Not good? No, it's great. You got some French in you, Tom? I got no French in me. No, you, not you even took a baguette? All the French. A little bit? Not a baguette. Harry not a crepe, not a baguette. I can't find any French. You almost got there when you said baguette, though. Uh-huh. You did. Harry Carey? Uh-huh. Does Harry Carey have any French in him? Uh, I can ask him. Yeah, see if he does. I'd like to see him. I'd like to hear him talk some French. Ha ha! Hey! I'm going to try to speak in the French dialect, but honestly, I, I don't know if I can do it. Wee wee, zivu play, shock ray blue. Back to you, Adam. Hashtag earn tomorrow. Hashtag earn tomorrow. <laughs> Don't hit anything. I just wanted you to say earn tomorrow as well, Tom. Earn tomorrow. Earn tomorrow. Shouldn't their uh, slogan be wheels up? Because they're the fires. Granted, that would be a better one than Earn Tomorrow, no, but yeah, so, right. So bad, certainly no, not. not worse. It's good. So bad. I don't think it's worse though. Do Remember you, when the Penguins fell behind three games to nil to the Flyers in 2012, and the hashtag was hashtag Pens and Seven. That was wishful thinking. I think it's wishful thinking that the Flyers are going to earn tomorrow. They'll be there tomorrow. They'll be down one nothing tomorrow. Crosby and Malkin. Or I think the two best players of this generation. Ovechkin belongs in the conversation. He's their only true peer. McDavid will get there, but he's not in the same generation. They've overlapped, much like Crosby and Lemieux did. They overlap, but you, know, you don't say that Crosby and Lemieux played the same time period. Hey, give me a break. Lemieux was a little chunky then. Lemieux had come back from cancer. Lemieux was the owner. It wasn't the same. Crosby and Malkin have seen their legacy come under fire for really a decade now. They went to the Cup Final in 08. They won it in 2009. And then Penguins fans in the hockey world just assumed, oh, they're going to win a whole bunch of these things. And they were right. But Lemieux won twice in, I want to say, 16 years. If Lemieux, with his generational talent, with everything that he was able to do for the game of hockey, could win two, then it was unfair always for us to say Crosby and Malkin have to win multiple cups. Well, they did it anyway. And Tim Benz, who we're going to have on the show coming up in 52 minutes here, he wrote a column today for the trip talking about how this series and really moving forward, the Penguins winning the Stanley Cup could cement the legacy of Crosby and Malkin. They've been to the conference final five times. They've been to the final four times. They've won the cup three times. Crosby's a two-time Smythe Trophy winner. Malkin's won it once. Malkin won the Calder Trophy. Twice the Art Ross, once the Hart. Crosby's led the league in points twice and won the Hart Trophy twice. Sid's an all-time great. He's a top five player ever, as far as I'm concerned. And Malkin is one of the top three players, as I already mentioned, of his generation. The Penguins need not cement anything. Their legacies are cemented. They're going to be in the Hall of Fame. They've won more already than Mario Lemieux has won and went to an extra cup. 
They don't need this series or this cup run to stamp anything. Now, if they win it, it adds to it. Anything else they do after they won three is gravy. And the way I look at their careers is like this. The first one, they might have even won too early. They were still immature, but they won it. And they won it on the back of Marc-Andre Fleury, really, and with the help of Max Talbot and some other characters, right? Then they had the hiatus where, my God, it was like the terrible twos. Puppies are cute. Crosby and Malkin, they were great. But the terrible twos, they would throw bitch fits, hissy fits, left and right. Lost to the Flyers in 2012 because they could not keep their composure. Lost to the Bruins in 2013 because they could not keep their composure. But now we've reached maturation phase. They've won two cups. But the first cup that they've won of this pair was the one that, to me, made them not be the franchise equivalent of the 1990s Atlanta Braves. The one that they won in 2016... That was the one that made you realize these are all-time greats. They should have been recognized for that prior to that, but that one's the one that got people to drop the whole Peyton Manning narrative. That's the one that got people to stop saying, oh, they can't win the big one again. Then they win it last year. And now you can't question anything they do. If you do, you're just doing it to do it. If you're crook or phony on that station across the street and you're ripping Sidney Crosby for anything he does at any point in the rest of his career, go take a hike, man. If you're Mark Madden and you need to get the people all riled up and you want to say, oh, Evgeny Malkin had a terrible series and you want to throw him under the bus, you could do it. You're going to look like a jackass. The third cup's the one that got people to say, holy crap, they did something that you just don't see teams do in the salary cap era. They won two in a row. They've won three overall. They're Teflon. They're bulletproof as far as I'm concerned. They win one more. Legacy's already been cemented. But now we're just rolling on gravy, baby. We're doing breaststroke through that gravy. Hell, I'm going to dive down deep, head first, and suck that venom into my veins. There's nothing I want to see more, obviously, than the Penguins win the Stanley Cup again. But if they don't, they won more than the Mew. No one ever talks bad about Mario Lemieux, and they should not. The Crosby and Malkin's Penguins have done more. They saved the franchise again, with Lemieux's help, certainly. But they saved the franchise again. They've been to two more cups. They've won one more. Legacies cemented already. Everything else, I'm diving in head first. Gravy in it. It's time to go around the bags with the biggest D-bag on the Pittsburgh Airwaves, Adam Crowley. The Pirates are 8 and effing 2. Guess what they did last year three times? Went 8 and 2 in a 10 game span. Let's not get ahead of ourselves here, people. But enjoy it nonetheless. Tom's no stranger to the hooker, but he's only willing to pay for first base. Felipe Vasquez, new Pirates closer, got his first save of the year. Felipe Rivero had picked up the first four for your buckos. I love 
that Clint Hurdle went to his best reliever in the eighth inning when Santana was struggling. This Pirates bullpen, all year long, is going to make things difficult. Santana's got an ERA of nine. Brian was so excited that he needed a tissue the first time he got to. Second base. Nova put together his best start of the young season. He went seven innings, which helps out that much maligned bullpen. His control's always been his calling card. Last year, he was one of the best in the game in that area. This year, the first two starts were a struggle. But he did not walk a batter in yesterday's game, and he struck out six. You think Tiger Woods even bothers with third base? There isn't a weak spot in the lineup right now. Cervelli's been struggling, but he's still a pro. He went three for four in yesterday's game with a bomb. Vina Bella! That's right. French and Italian. All in one segment. Cervelli, Marte, and Polanco are the only Pirates who are regulars who are not hitting 300. And you can make a case that Polanco's still been their best hitter this year. Team will have some slumps, but I do feel confident that their run scoring ability is going to be okay. And I felt confident about that coming in. Antonio Brown never uses protection when he's going for home. Neither did Antonio Cromarte. After hitting a home run on the first pitch of the Major League season, Lebo native Ian Happ is hitting 156. Great job, Tom. Tom knows the guy. Screw the Cubs, but let's go Hap. Let's go, Lebo. John Lester's going to make his third start of the season for the Cubbies tonight. Steven Brolt will go for your Buckos. Advantage Cubs. Well, Shock Ray Blue and Wee Wee Adam has done it again. Oh my God! Stop the match. This one is over. Adam wins. Adam wins. Up next. Pete Blackburn, he's a Bruins fan. He writes nationally for CBSSports.com. Looking forward to talking with him. It's the Crowley Show. With this job, having two hands won't cut it, which is why I thank the stars I have a third. Granger. When my two hands are full, I fully rely on Granger. They're America's number one source for industrial-grade supplies. So, whether I'm fixing a furnace or fastening a faucet, Granger hands me what I need when I need it which makes me a pretty lucky guy. Because when it comes to needing an extra hand, Granger's got your back. Call or click Granger.com to see for yourself. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Yeah, it's been a good show so far. Yeah. Uh, everything's okay, Tom is a little... You're a little quick with the trigger on the damn music, though, sorry. Tom! Yeah, yeah, Again! I don't want to go to the damn ball game! Get it through your... This report is brought to you by Clearview Federal Credit... If your guy friend gives you tickets to the Penguins game, he's trying to bang you. FYI. Absolutely. 100%. Yep. Without a doubt. Not going to say how that came about, but KDO is going to the Penguins game tonight. <laughs> I'm the weird guy on Pittsburgh Radio, Pete Blackburn. I think it's fair to characterize him as the weird guy from CBS. Is that fair, Pete, to say you're the weird guy from CBS? Uh, yeah, for sure. You're a Bruins fan, right? I sure am. They're pretty good. They sure are. All right, thanks for coming on, Pete. <laughs> thanks for having me. 
Pete, what do you think about this Penguins Flyers series? It's the only thing anybody in Pittsburgh's talking about uh, when they're not trying to sleep with our friend Katie. What do you think this series is going to wind up coming down to? I think it might be might be closer than than people expect, um, but I do think that you know the the biggest overwhelming uh, factor I think is special teams, and I think you know the, the the officials and the referees tend to call things a little bit less in the later rounds, but early on it, it's sort of on on par as regular season um, regular season officiating. So you know when you look at it, the, the Penguins could have. Uh, a decent amount of power play opportunities, and I think that you know that could be the difference in this series. And you know, obviously, they have the the firepower up front. I think that they just have the the, the potential to overmatch Philadelphia in that regard. Pete, you've been a hockey fan for a while, I imagine, just following your work. The 2012 series, I saw the NHL Network roundtable. They were talking about it the last couple of nights, and. Everyone was fawning over how much they liked watching it, and as a Penguins fan, my God, I wanted to throw myself off the Clemente Bridge. What's the national perspective on what that series wound up being? Uh, you know, it, it's tough. I, I don't know. I think that you know, for when you when you talk about those two teams, it's like the the toughness and and sort of like the intensity between the between them. That's kind of what stands out. But, you know, I, I don't know if there is a, a national kind of outlook on it. So you'd have to, you, you'd probably be in a better position to tell me. It sucked, Pete. <laughs> it was awful. It was terrible. I'll take your word off it. Uh, Brzezgolov couldn't see the puck. Marc-Andre Fleury couldn't see the puck. Claude Giroux and Sidney Crosby fought. Crosby fought twice in a game. Uh, what the hell is that about? That's not the way... The Penguins are built to play. I think that you're. But that's pre- how you gotta. That's how you gotta beat them. That's how you know. That's gotta be the Flyers. You know, in the handbook, you gotta get under the skin. You know, their their best chance comes if they can get Crosby and and Malkin and Kessel and you know, obviously all those other weapons that they have on offense to play to play a game that isn't really hockey. That's their best chance. Because, you know, obviously you're going to get outmatched by those guys. I think, you know, Claude Giroux, for as good as a year as he's had, uh, you know, I don't, I don't trust the Flyers in being able to match the output of the Penguins. So you gotta get, you got to throw them off their game. you got to get under the skin and, you know, just really, you know, be pests. I think you're right about that. I also think that your first answer, and something we've talked about a bunch on the show, makes that difficult because... The Flyers don't want to put the Penguins on the power play. The Penguins have the number one power play in the league. They're best since 95-96. Hell, the best in the history of their franchise. And the Flyers' penalty kill was dreadful, 29th in the league. So how do they go about walking that line where they're trying to get in the heads of the Stars, but at the same time not putting the Penguins on the power play where they've been so damn good all year long? Yeah, it's tough, and it could be especially tough at the, at the beginning of the series because that's when you... You know, you get a feel for how the games are going to be officiated and kind of what what you can get away with and, and what they're going to have their eye on in terms of uh, officiating. So, you know, it really is towing a very thin line between, you know, playing playing tough and, and, and you know, getting under the skin and then, you know, if you cross the line, playing stupid and, and giving the Penguins opportunities that you shouldn't be giving them. So, you know, Philadelphia is going to have to figure that out pretty quick. Pete Blackburn, CBS Sports, joining us here on the Crowley Show. Uh, you are a Bruins guy. They got Toronto in the first round. I imagine that 
that's not what you wanted to see. I imagine that you wanted to see them beat the Panthers into a pulp on Sunday. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, the, the drop-off between New Jersey and, and Toronto is you know pretty significant in my mind. And now you look at it and, you know, it's weird because I feel like the Bruins have just as good a shot to make the Stanley Cup final as they do to get knocked out in the first round because Toronto's really good. Um, you know, they have their, their warts on defense and, you know, I think that that might be, uh, where the Bruins can, can exploit and, you know, get past into the second round. But then in the second round, you're probably going to have Tampa. So, you know, that's going to be tough. And as you get past Tampa, you're going to have whoever comes out of the bottom, you know, the bottom metro bracket and that team's going to be playing well. So it's, you know, they're going to have one of the toughest roads to get there. But I do think that they're, uh, they're talented and they're deep enough to get there. Uh, you know, it just could go either way. What do you think would do them in if they weren't able to get there? Uh, you know, I think it would be probably a combination of, of goaltending. You know, if Tuka Rath plays his best hockey, I love their chances of, of making a deep run. But if he's inconsistent and if he is a little shaky at points, then, you know, that's, that's something that you got to make up for. And the matchups that they're going to have are, are so close that, you know, you don't want to be making up for any aspect of your game. Um, but other than that, I would say maybe youth. They have a lot of youth on this team, but those guys have played well all year long. Um, maybe they, maybe they get a little playoff jitters and, and, you know, inexperience comes back to bite them. But, you know, I have some faith in those kids. I was checking out the predictions that you guys put out there on CBSports.com and you and I are similar in that. I don't want to pick Nashville. Everyone's picking Nashville, and Nashville doesn't have very many flaws, but it's never the team everyone thinks it's going to be. And even the Penguins last year, sure, they were coming off a Stanley Cup run, but they didn't play all that well, frankly, and still wound up winning championships. So who do you think, if it's not Nashville, is the most likely team to hoist the Cup? Uh, I mean, I really like Winnipeg. Winnipeg is a team that, you know, it's not perfect, but they've got so much talent up front, and they're deep. And, you know, Connor, Connor Hellebuck is, has had a phenomenal year. I don't know if I – I don't know if I'm 100% willing to trust him in the playoffs, but, like, if he is the same goaltender that he's been all year long, then they should be in good shape. You know, they just have to go through the Predators. Um, but I like them. Uh, you know, the Bruins I like, and – uh, Tampa and and you know those are the big four that I look at and and one one really dark horse and and they sort of are in the, are in the same position as the Bruins where they could get knocked out in the first round or they could make a strong run uh, San Jose I like San Jose and uh, you know those are the teams that I'm looking at not a big believer in the Penguins huh there uh... yeah I mean I think the I think the Penguins uh, are weaker this year than than they have been in the, in the past two. Uh, you know, the defense is, is a little worrisome and, and, you know, you don't know what Matt Murray you're going to get. So, you know, he's been pretty, been pretty shaky since coming back from the concussion. So that's a big question mark in my mind. Pete Blackburn joining us here on the Crowley show. The Penguins hashtag is hashtag three leave. The Flyers hashtag is hashtag earn tomorrow. They both suck. Which one's worse? Three leave. hundred percent. Really? That is the worst. I hate that. See, I think three leave is incredibly stupid, but earning tomorrow, I mean, my God, if I go to sleep, I don't have to earn tomorrow. I just wake up. There's nothing to earn there. Come on, Flyers. 
but that's I mean maybe that's the Flyers tipping their hand that they don't think that they that they're kind of on a day to day status. You know, they're not looking too far ahead because they know that they're a little outmatched. Which Canadian team's got the best chance? Winnipeg. I know you already said that. That was a terrible question by me. That's that's just me following along with the questions I had written out without reading them. Uh, Pete Blackburn is the guy who's on with us now from CBS Sports. I'm saying his name to reset so I can find a better question uh, for him here. Vegas, do you believe in the Golden Knights? Uh, I don't, actually. I, I mean, I think that, you know, I'm not writing them off, but I do think that there's a, a significant chance of upset in the first round. I like L.A., uh, you know, I think that, that LA's defensive game and, and, you know, their goaltending, LA's the perfect team to, to leave, uh, a group like Vegas very, very frustrated and throw them off their game and kind of, you know, get in their head a little bit. And LA's been there. Obviously, it's sort of a different group there than, you know, the success that they had in years past, but, you know, the, the leadership and the core is still the same. And, you know, I think that LA is a good chance to, to topple Vegas in the first round. I just found out that the Bruins hashtag is in our blood. That's just as bad, Pete. Yeah, and I mean, they're all bad. Any hash, any team <laughs> hashtag is probably going to be bad. So uh, it's just on who's is worse, and I hate three leaves. What's in their blood, though? It's it, they, they run the campaign around here that, like, uh, hockey's in our blood and, you know, kind of born and raised on, on hockey and the Bruins. So I guess that's what it is. Uh, yeah, not terrible. It's better than it's better than three leave though. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah. Three leaves terrible. We got to get Jen Bellano, the Penguins PR lady, on the phone. You got to call her up, Tom, and just did she come up with that, or do you think it was the? Do you think it was the? Might have been just the social media person. Either way, I got it, it got cleared by someone. Just it's terrible. Real analysis happening here uh, on the Crowley Show. When looking at the overall state of the league, Pete. There's a there's a bunch of players this year who have hit 90 points. That's something that hasn't been happening all that frequently in the game. You think the game's in a better position now than it was five years ago? Yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, you, you're looking at you know teams focusing more on skill and, and speed, and you know, getting away from you know the enforcers or, or lesser talented guys. So you know, if you're if you're one of those tougher players, you have to have the skills and the hands and, and you know, other aspects of your game bring into the lineup as well. So, you know, the, the league is transitioning to being, you know, a faster pace, more scoring, more offense. And, you know, even on, even when you look at, at, at defensemen, you know, there's such a, an onus pushed on, on, you know, being able to move the puck up the ice and, and being able to contribute in both zones or in all three zones. So, um, yeah, I think that, that, they're just kind of moving towards, it seems like they're kind of moving towards like a fluidity. You know, when you look at like the NBA, a lot of the guys now who play point guard are like 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, and can play pretty much any position on the floor. And it feels like hockey's kind of getting there too, where, you know, you can you can take a guy and, and put him at the blue line, or, you know, he can jump up into play. And, and so like there there's more of, flexibility and less kind of restraint on on where guys can play and what they can do and i think that's transitioning towards a more uh more fun fast-paced game to watch pete if it does wind up becoming penguins and bruins in the eastern conference final we're going to try to get in touch with you again so we can go back and forth and harass each other that sound all right 
Absolutely. Three leave, baby. Three leave, my friend. Thanks so much for the time. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. That's Pete Blackburn from CBS Sports. He warmed up. At first, I was terrified. Uh, one word answer here, one word answer there. He played along. How about the Leafs? Hashtag. we got to start looking up every team's hashtag. I'm looking some of them up already. Caps, guess what they are. Get eliminated in the second round? <laughs> we can make up our own hashtags. Yes, we can. Right now, the Caps are going at hashtag all caps. Oh, shut the hell up. It's, I don't make it up, man. I'm just reporting the news here. <sighs> That's a pun, so I think that does put them above three leave. Toronto's got hashtag stand witness. Like what? They're all going to be good Samaritans? Uh, and they're just going to stand there while everything happens to them? And the three leave thing really doesn't that kind of point out to like a maple leave? Like three leave? Oh, is, that's good. Like it's a three leave. I, uh, I just don't get it. These hashtags are ridiculous. Yeah, all caps. Are you kidding me? I'm trying to look up other ones quickly now. So all you're saying is that I have to pull my pinky up off the shift key, and the Capitals get eliminated from the playoffs. That's all you're telling me? Yep. Nashville's going with hashtag Smashville. Nothing new there. Yeah. And hashtag stand with us. That's just cliche right there. At least the Penguins one isn't vague. Hashtag leave it on the ice. Right. You know. Hashtag best of seven. I mean, they might as well just come out and say exactly what it is. Hashtag we're going to need a hell of a lot of luck. Hashtag I really hope Winnipeg doesn't advance because we're going to have to play them. Hashtag the Capitals don't want to play the Penguins. Give me a break with all these awful ass hashtags. Coming up next, Dave Isaac of the Courier Post. He's also the Philadelphia chair of the Pro Hockey Writers Association of America. We'll ask, oh, we'll ask him about Hask tags. It's the Crowley Show. The flowers are blooming. Birds are chirping. Everybody everywhere has a little more pep in their step. It's warming up, and there's work to be done. So come on, people, hop to. There's no time like springtime to stop into 84 Lumber to get everything you need to build that new deck or gazebo. Start now, and you'll be able to enjoy your new project all summer long. Visit 84lumber.com to find a store near you. What do you think the Blue Jackets one is? Hashtag blue balls. <laughs> you know, we haven't won anything in our entire history. Hashtag zipper up. Mm, not yeah, bad. like that. That's not good. bad. Who else is like... Just had a scary moment in the bathroom. I think... Most men over the age of 40 can attest that they've had problems there. I am 27 years old. I dropped my phone as I was going in the urinal, and it ricocheted off my rippling bicep. Oh, thank you for the adjective. And I caught it, but as I caught it, I turned, and I now feel really bad for the janitor. Oh, you lost aim? So you lost focus going yes. for the phone? Yes, yes. Oh, no. It became about the janitor or me, and I win every time. <laughs> Sorry, janitor. There Not is bad. pee everywhere. Kind of yeah. like when the Penguins and the Flyers played back in 2012. Dave Isaac of the Courier Post, Philly chair of the Pro Hockey Writers Association of America, joining me here on the Crowley Show. What's going on, Dave? It's a hell of a segue. Thanks very much. Hey, thanks for coming on. Really appreciate <laughs> it, man. Sure thing. Philadelphia smells like pee, right? 
No comment. Well, at least <laughs> at least New Jersey. Hey, Dave, in uh, 2012, the Flyers were all up in the heads of the Penguins, got them off their game. I think that that's still a way that you can try to get to the Penguins is is by playing a physical brand of hockey. didn't work for Columbus last year, but if you've got the punch to be able to back it up, I think it can work. The issue, I think, is that the Flyers have to walk that tightrope this year, given how good the Penguins' power play has been compared to the Flyers' PK. Oh, yeah, the Flyers' penalty kill has just been atrocious for really a couple of years now, and uh, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. That's one of the, the things that the Flyers are going to have to try and find out early on in this series is where that line is and uh, how close they can get to it before they end up crossing it. In, in talking to a couple of guys, uh, I know the Penguins only have three guys left from that crazy series. The Flyers have one or two more than that. Uh, but they, they kind of talked about, yeah, maybe that's, that's a, a tactic, but they would prefer to just kind of play their own brand of hockey and try and beat them that way. Uh, but not even against the Flyers. You've seen Evgeny Malkin do this within the last 10 games, right? You can kind of get him off his game rather uh, rather easily and, and rattle him a little bit. And um, Certainly he's been one of the, the Penguins that have killed the Flyers. So uh, if, if it comes to it, that might be something the Flyers try and uh, – a route they try and go down. When the Flyers' power play is working, what's going right? Well, it's, it's – uh, they're able to cycle the puck, really, is I think what it comes down to, because if, if they go in and get one shot off and it's a one and done, uh, they seem to have a really hard time going all the way back and then uh, going another 200 feet and trying to go into the offensive zone again. Uh, they spent most of the season with Wayne Simmons as their net front guy, and he missed a little bit of time, and Nolan Patrick went in there and played really well. Simmons gets his spot back when he comes back from the injury, but the last two games of the regular season, the Flyers went back to that with Patrick out in front, and uh, I think he's kind of a little bit of an X factor on that power play unit as well because he's got a little bit more movement than Simmons does at this point, and uh, he can still take care of the net front part of it. So as long as they're, they're running that power play through Claude Giroux and if they can find a, an open Nolan Patrick at the side of the net, um, then it could be a good night for them. Giroux played left wing this year for the Flyers. Of course, he's had a lot of success with Sean Couturier on that top line. When he was initially placed there, when Haxtell said this is the plan, how did he receive it? How did you, in particular, think that it was all going to wind up working out? Well, they went to this uh, day two of training camp, and I thought, okay, well, by Thursday, we'll be talking about Claude Giroux being back at center again. Uh, I don't think they've had one shift with, with him and Sean Couturier not on the same line. It's kind of a strange dynamic because Couturier is the center, but Giroud takes the majority of the faceoffs just because he's that good at it and then moves over to the wing. Uh, in terms of, of his reception of it, uh, the story that he told is that him and Couturier kind of had this discussion uh, going back last summer. So I don't know who exactly initiated this being a, a, a real change, but uh, he was very open to it. Uh, it sounds like he had some conversations with the coach, with the general manager, Ron Hexall, and uh, obviously it's worked out rather well for him. He's had his best statistical year yet. Do you think it had a lot to do with the injury history recently for Claude Giroux and just trying to take some of the defensive responsibility away? I think that the injury had something to do with it, um, but he would he had been in a statistical decline for three years, mm. so that doesn't take care of all of it. Uh, he had surgery in the summer of 2016, and basically up until the last six, seven weeks of last season, he just couldn't skate. Uh, I mean, he played, but he, he clearly wasn't himself. And he finally admitted that towards the end of the season. But, again, that doesn't explain the two years before that. 
I think that the biggest thing with moving him over to the left wing is he's got the boards over his left shoulder and he doesn't have to look 180 degrees and worry about getting smoked for a, a big hit or something like that. Um, I think that kind of cuts down on, on where his vision is, and he's one of the better passers in the league, certainly. Uh, you've seen that in the uh, assist total in the NHL this year. Uh, I think it's, it's more so where he is positioned on the ice uh, that, that's really kind of helped him uh, bloom offensively. Dave Isaac from the Courier Post, Philly chair of the Pro Hockey Right Association, joining me here on the Crowley Show. Who matches up with the Malkin line, uh, both the forward line and the D pair? Well, the, the Flyers' number one defense pair is Ivan Provorov and Shane Gostas there, and it's, uh, it'll be interesting to see if they want that pair to go up against Malkin or, or Crosby. Uh, I would think that here in Pittsburgh, based on the season series, it looks like Mike Sullivan has wanted uh, Crosby to go against the Sean Couturier line. If you remember that, that series from six years ago, Couturier was a rookie and uh, did a decent job on Malkin. So I, I, I don't know if, if Hacksaw will try and go to that when the series shifts to Philly or not, but uh, I would think that at least early on in this series, uh, Mike Sullivan's going to try and pick on Valtteri Silpola and, and Yori Laterra, both of whom really can't skate anymore, uh, and try and get uh, Malkin out there against them. Not being able to skate is a problem uh, in hockey, uh, from, yeah. from what I've been told. I don't know about you, Dave. Uh, Dave Isaac joining us here on the Crowley Show. What's your confidence in the Flyers' goaltender situation, Elliot, coming back from injury? You know, I don't really think they have a terrific option anywhere because Peter Mrazek is uh, just all over the place. Michael Neuvert is hurt because it's David ends and why. And uh, Brian Elliott is only two games back from surgery, and he basically played against the Hartford Wolfpack in the last game. So I think there's a really big question mark there in terms of how ready Brian Elliott is. But he is the guy that the Flyers have really played most confidently in front of. So uh, he's an available option. It looks like that's what they'll go with in game one. Uh, that's probably the best of their options right now. Who are the biggest X factors for the Flyers in this series? If they're going to push it deep, if they're going to win this series, who needs to be great? If they're going to win this series, they need almost everybody to be great. Uh, certainly the, that top unit with, uh, with Giroux and Couturier, Michael Raffle is the right wing on that line, but it had been Travis Konechny for a while. Konechny is now with Beltari Sopla and Wayne Simmons. And if they can get that line going, then I think they can kind of give themselves a fighting chance. But, uh, again, if Mike Sullivan tries to pit Malkin against them, that's going to be a, a really tough task. So um, they're going to need, you know, one of their bottom three lines to really have a very, very good series in order for them to uh, to look like a, a team that could win a series here. Now, if Nolan Patrick gets freed up uh, and he's got Jake Voracek on his line, then maybe that's a line that can – uh, open themselves up for some scoring, but I don't think it's really any one guy uh, that's going to be their X factor because you can point to so many different things that just need to go right for the Flyers if they're going to have any chance of winning the series. He's pounding down, loaded up and trucking. Are we going to do what they say can be done? Breaker Breaker 1-9, we got a 20 on a city kitty in full fur spinning discos for a roller skate on Washington by the tool shed near the Fat Mart. Slow your ride and let it glide because you don't want Uncle Leo tanning your hide. It's the Smoker Report. You see a Miss Piggy, Mama Bear, Papa Bear, Bear in the Bushes, or a Bear in the Air, you give us a holler and we'll get you home without that extra freight. 412-922-2874. Keep your shiny side up and your skin's on the ground.
What's your prediction for the series, Dave? Uh, I took the Penguins in six. I do think it's going to be a hard-fought series, whether it's five games, six games. I think Penguins fans seem to think that because they believe it's going to be a short series, that they think that the games aren't going to be close. That's not really the way it works in the National Hockey League. I think every single game is going to be tight, and I think that means that there could be potential for a long series. Yeah, definitely. And, and you know, we talked about how much turnover there's been on both of these rosters. Uh, quite frankly, I, I think that this rivalry has kind of gotten polite over the last six years. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if there is uh, a lot of that extracurricular stuff after whistles, things of that nature, uh, because that could obviously throw a wrench into things also. Worst hashtag. Is it hashtag earn tomorrow or is it hashtag three leave? Well, you know, if you at least get the visual of three leaves, it makes some sense. Earn tomorrow just sounds like something that was very expensive to some marketing company, and, you know, people don't really get it. <laughs> Appreciate the time, Dave. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks for having me. That's Dave Isaac from the Courier Post, Philly chair of the Pro Hockey Writers Association of America. We've had a lot of good guests today, all grabbed by one Tom Offerman. Good job, Tom. Good job, Tom. Good Round of applause, man. Tom, yeah. Now he's going to give himself a Good star. Good job. Watch, you know he's giving him. You're not giving star. yourself a star. Tom, I just got to say, you've done a fantastic job today. You deserve a star. No stars for Tom today. I, I want a damn star. Crowley wants a damn star. Oh, I'm getting a star today. I'm getting one, too. I've come out hot. I've had great jokes, tremendous content. Your biceps look good in the cheese tees? That was just lighting. Lighting. Something Tim Benz would know nothing about because he's a vampire. The official one of the Crowley Show. He's next. Severe nausea. So bad you think you might just vomit. If these statements describe you and you've been diagnosed with gastroparesis, you might qualify for a clinical study that tests a new medication for nausea and the symptoms of gastroparesis. Qualified participants will receive study-related care and medication at no charge. Call 844-902-1212. That's 844-902-1212. This ad sponsored by Vanda Pharmaceuticals. Look, I know that that might have been rude today, but I'm contractually obligated to go to the Smokey Report. You got to go to it, man. I and mean, this is the serious info that the people need to get home safe. Yeah, Dave's probably sitting at the paint can right now. He's not worrying about the cops, but other people going to the game, they